Hi friends and welcome to the Coffee and Honeycomb podcast. I'm your host Jenny Park and today we're chatting with Desiree from ABC's The Bachelorette. It's super fun and timely that we're chatting with a former Bachelorette because the show, the latest season, just premiered this week. In today's conversation, we go down memory lane and discuss how Desiree landed on the show and found love. She shares a bit about praying for your partner, giving up control, going back to God, and a peek into what her life looks like now. Today is more of a lighthearted, fun conversation, so I hope you grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy this episode. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Desiree. Thank you so much for having me. How's it going? It's going good. Um, I'm really excited to dive into your story. I think everyone knows you as the bachelorette and sees your life on social media, but I think it's going to be really exciting to get to know you on a deeper level. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, and first things first, I have to ask you, do you still watch the bachelor and how do you feel about Hannah B? I mean, okay. I have to be honest. I've had a very busy life, uh, the past three years with, you know, two kids and, um, I actually didn't watch this past season. I liked Colton. Um, I only heard about what happened. I didn't even <laughs> watch it myself. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I I don't know too much about Hannaby. I think that, you know, I think it's always exciting to see a new person in, a, in you know, such a different role. And I'll be excited to watch her. Do you feel pretty removed from the show now? Or are you still pretty connected to yeah. all of it? No, yeah. I am so far. I'm so far removed. Um, I mean, Chris, that's actually one of the reasons why Chris and I say it works out is because we did remove ourselves from, you know, wanting that spotlight or anything. So yeah, you know, we have our life here and well, now we just moved. So now I'm in Portland, but yeah, we just are building our life here and we stay connected here and there, but it's not our, our yeah. world, you know. Wait, you guys were in Seattle, right? Did you? Yeah, it? we just moved a month ago. Oh, was it for, to be close to family work or? Uh, yeah, so Chris's family is all from Oregon. So we just wanted to, to be closer now that we have the kiddos and um, our, you know, they can grow up with their cousins. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go down a little bit of memory lane then for you sure. to go back to when you were on the show, which I think was like 2014 now. So it's 2013. been like 2013. Mm, yeah. Do you remember what were you doing at the time and what made you decide to go on the show? Um, so I actually had never watched a full season of the show uh, prior to going on. It was just kind of one of those things. Like it was never my personality or anything that my friends would never in a million years imagine me on TV. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, it was Did just you apply those... yourself. So I ended, I ended up applying, but I was just, I was kind of recently out of a relationship that, so if you back up a year prior to sh- going on the show, it's when I first started, um, really seeking God more and, I got out of a relationship, a relationship that I just knew, we knew it just wasn't right. Although mm-hmm. we did love each other, but, and then I moved from Orange County to LA and I was just in a time of life of searching because I had no idea what I was, I was working so hard for no little money and I couldn't afford my life in LA and it was just really difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, Financially, it was a really difficult time. And then, yeah, I was, wasn't really meeting anyone and I felt that I was ready to meet the right one. And, um, honestly, I was just like, 
I'm ready for an adventure. Like I don't, yeah. And I was also at that time of life where I'm like, you know, if a door opens, then um, I'm trusting and believing that it's, you know, it's for a reason. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. I was very much like, you know, if a door opens, it opens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. So I, my friend was watching a season of The Bachelorette and that's when I applied. So it was kind of timing. I think I just happened to apply at the right time. I had no idea how anything worked. I I honestly had no anticipation of it working out. Like I was remembering your application. Like what do you think stood out about it? I think because I was, I was a little more sarcastic and it's not like I was, you know, pleading to be on the show, you know, it was more so they asked a question of like, why do you want to date on TV or something? Yeah. Um, and I was just like, well, it hasn't worked in LA, so why not? You know, yeah. give it a try. And you were on Sean, Sean Lowe's season, who mm-hmm. I think yeah. most people know he's, he's pretty vocal. He's a Christian and he's a believer. Um, was that like a, a criteria of yours when you were going on the show? And how did you even communicate to producers what your type was? Um, I mean, so because of going through the relationship, the breakup that I did, I then after that relationship, I, I very much knew the type of guy, um, I could see as a life partner. Not to say that was the type of guys I ended up dating because, you know, you always follow your pattern. But um, so when I went on, yeah, of course, I I gave them my type because they always ask. And Sean was definitely not my type, to be honest. Wow. I mean, athletic, maybe. But um, but yes, so when I they finally let me know it was Sean, I felt like, you know, that's I loved that he was a believer because that was something that I wanted in a husband, I want a husband and something I hadn't had before. So, Mm. so I was really intrigued and excited to at least give it a try. Yeah. How do you tell producers? Is it like an in-person conversation or do you write it down? Like, do you list it out on a sheet? Um, When you go through casting, you do a lot of on, on camera interviews. Yeah. So they ask you all sorts of personal questions. Yeah. Did you have any idea then that you were going to be asked the bachelorette? Like, I feel like that's an indicator. You were like one of America's fan favorites then on your season. Oh, that's <laughs> nice to say, but, um, no, I mean, I guess when, when it doesn't work out towards the end, then I think they, I think they just ask everyone that's towards then to find out, not ask them, but they find out if they would want to be. And then you don't even find out till like really close to the end. So where you're like starting filming the next week, you know, like, I think they just want to wait for um, viewers, like opinions and stuff. Yeah. And then you went on the show and you found Chris. Um, And of course, like on the show, they Uh don't air like, Mm -hmm. Um, they don't show all of the conversations. Like usually they stick to the more like physical chemistry or their dramatic moments. Yeah. But I'm guessing you guys had pretty uh, meaningful conversations that made you confident that he was like a life partner. Absolutely. They they never show that stuff because it's more of the boring stuff, you know? Um, no, that's actually one of the reasons why I think Chris and I, we did know um, that it could work out is because we were very, he's very communicative, which is really great in a partner. But um, we were able to talk about, you know, what life would be like um, if we were to get engaged. This is like, even around like hometowns, start talking about like, you know, if we are to get together, like how many kids, where do you want to live? Um, and faith is absolutely faith is something you talk about. They just don't show that stuff. Hmm. Um, 
so yeah and so we knew um before he proposed that we would give it a try in Seattle so I knew like you know before even getting engaged that like I was open to moving to Seattle from LA yeah and I have I have a lot of friends who um either are single or dating and for Eugene and I Eugene my husband and I we met when I was in high school actually and he was in college so wow yeah so we we were babies um (laughs) but we had different experiences of course but we still had like similar church circles or like backgrounds that we can kind of talk to and use similar like language even and knowing what that means but that's of course not the case when you date older and for you and Chris when you guys are um basically strangers before you guys met on the show like what were some conversations or questions that you had to ask to to know that you guys could be on the same page either spiritually or even just like emotionally I I think that's just you just have to be open to asking all sorts of questions and that's actually what was helpful with the show is it forces you to talk about things that you don't normally talk about for like year you know like a year into dating um I mean I had been on my own ever since like out of high school so dating was always like you just have to ask questions if you really really want to know and so for Chris and I I think that is what we did you know just to make sure that it would work out and um being honest, you know, you have to be honest. Um, otherwise you'll find out, you know, six months down the road, like it's not going to work out because someone isn't being honest or truthful about anything. Um, I don't really know. I think, yeah, just being communicative and sharing everything with being on the show, there is added pressure. There is, um, a lot of other stuff that, you know, all eyes are on you and, that kind of thing. But honestly, for Chris and I, if I met him anywhere else, it would have worked out. So it just so happened that was how we had to meet. You know, everything that went on in my season had to happen for me mm. in order for me to find um find Chris and to to, you know, really realize what God wanted for me. So yeah, so it's just I think, you know, you have to go through things in order for um for you to see what God really wants for you. Yeah. How did you pray about that relationship too when you were making that decision? <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, being a lead, it, it's really exhausting. It, it was emotionally draining, but also like spiritually draining um, because you're dealing with so many different relationships and, and you're exhausted. I mean, it's 18 hour days and oh my gosh, so much and like so much pressure to be on at all times. And you have to talk about, you, you know, it was just a lot. It's a lot. Um, mainly it was just my, mainly it was like my personality. No, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot for me, but um, yeah. So I mean, constantly prayed about all relationships and I, I do feel like I, I had um, a great intuition with certain relationships or um, aware of, you know, where I should, you know, what I shouldn't pursue, but um, it's still hard because there's just so much noise while you're on the show, you know, yeah. there's producers in your ear, there's, um, you know, you're dating too many people. <laughs> so it was really hard to stay focused on. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, social but, media wasn't like it is now at the time, right? No. Yeah. So um, I didn't even have an Instagram account till after the show. So they also didn't want you on social media because they didn't want you spoiling anything. Um, so it's come a long way, but I do, I also think that's what kept us together is because I mean, we don't, we, 
yes, social media started around our time. And that's actually what made it really difficult after the show. Because mm. it was like the new beginning of Instagram and people felt very entitled to share opinions. Um, so it was really hard to, you know, just have constant like negativity thrown at you. But um, I can't even imagine nowadays, like, I just, I can't imagine living your whole life on social media. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, if you felt, or even now, like pressure to appear a certain way or act or look a certain way. (laughs) Especially after being a mom, you're like, uh, I didn't wash my hair in three days and I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously you look on social media. um, I think everyone like a lot of, I think that's the trouble right now with um, society is, and young girls is, well, not even young girls, like women my age and older um, comparing on social media and seeing, uh, you know, a curated life when that's not reality. So it's really, it's really, I think, hard right now with social mm-hmm. media and people being able to not compare, feel yeah. That pressure. Wait, remind me your how old your kids are right now and um I have a 3 month old Sander and then two and a half is Asher. Would, would you and I'm sure you're not thinking about this yet. No. But would you let them have social oh. media? Oh, were oh, you? So, I thought you were going to ask another kid. Oh, no, I'm no. like <laughs> not right now. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean eventually. Yeah. I mean it's just going to happen. They'll eventually have it, but I just we'll do a good job of you know, making it not a thing when they're young. <laughs> That's what I can't imagine, like being a kid with social media now, just because I hear so much bullying happens. Too. Well, the like rise in depression and anxiety is outrageous. Outrageous. Like yeah. as a 10 year old, like you shouldn't have anxiety or feel stressed or feel pressure to be some, you know, it's just, it blows my mind, blows yeah. my mind. I read a story, I think, of a little girl who um, her friends told her she can't sit with them at lunch anymore because she wasn't getting X amount of likes like the rest of the friends were. And I was like, that's a real, those are real conversations. Like that's a- That is awful. Yeah. That is so, see, it's not even about like who people are. It's about who you perceive to be. And it's really, that's really, really sad. But it's where we're going, you know? So- I, I do think it's just being open, having open communication with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, we're like the parents now are going through it as it's something new. So hopefully, hopefully they will go through it and then let us know, you know, <laughs> maybe how to do it better or things they've learned. So I, I mean, it's guaranteed in the next five years, there'll be more thousand books of how to raise kids in a social media driven world. Yeah. Okay, wait, can I ask you a question about something you mentioned earlier? Sure. At the very beginning, you said when you were, you just moved, I think, to LA and you were starting to seek God. Um, what prompted that for you to start intentionally seeking God or what? Did um, like? Yeah. So I grew up in church, like, you know, my whole life, a very faithful, um, you know, God driven family. And so prayer and like Christianity was always around. And, you know, so, I left school or I left, um, I went to California right out of high school. So I was like on my own from 18 to, you know, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and where did you grow up? Or did you grow up not in California? Um, I was in Denver at the time. Oh, okay. So yeah, I went to high school 
I, I grew up technically, yeah, in Denver. Um, so I left right out of high school. And um, I think when you grow up in church, you just assume you're a good Christian and like, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when I was on my own, I kind of just, you know, started doing my own thing. Um, probably when I was, I, I ended up out of, after school, I went to Newport Beach and it's like a very different lifestyle. Um, it was very much, you know, on the beach, uh, you can, you know, drink any day of the week. Um, I was working as a waitress at a sports bar and also working as a designer. So I was, I was working seven days a week just to like make rent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I had a great time. It was, it was a good time. I mean, when you're young, I felt like your energy is way different. (laughs) So working seven days a week was fine because it kept me busy yeah but um yeah so the lifestyle there is just so different and it was really easy to get caught up in it and so from about 21 to 24 whatever I just was living that same lifestyle you know drinking partying going out I'm not really taking care of myself in the way that you know God wanted me to um and then around 20 around 25 when I was 25 I um it's when I was in the relationship. So I was in my relationship and I, um, I just started being more convicted mm-hmm. of, of my lifestyle and the way I was living and the friends that I was surrounding myself around. Um, I started going back to church with a friend and, um, I think it was just my parent, my, my brother's prayers, like just my family praying for me. They had no idea of my life because I had mm-hmm. lived yeah, they had no idea. Yeah. But I think I think that my brother also felt the prompting to pray for me. Huh. Yeah. So he would start praying and then um which is funny because yeah, we didn't even talk. Like, you know, we weren't really close at all. And then um my relationship, what had happened, why we knew it wasn't gonna really work out was because I was as I was seeking God and changing my lifestyle and um I, I come to find out he was like agnostic. So he didn't even believe in God. And mm. that was something that was really heartbreaking for me um, because he had seemed supportive and like he would be willing to go to church, but he wasn't. And as much as I prayed for his salvation, I, you know, you can't, yeah. they have to be willing and wanting to seek themselves. So, I mean, it took a long time to get out of that relationship because I just, <clears throat> it's hard. It's hard especially when there wasn't like any issue except for our faith. Yeah. Um, and so as I was seeking, I kept seeking more and more and I just knew I had to get out of the relationship. So I did. Um, and then that was when I moved to LA. So I, yeah, so I was in Orange County and then I wanted just a new start. Um, except I knew no one in LA. I, I, I lived with a friend for a, a month. Um, in her room until she bought a house and then I, I paid rent in her house. But, uh-huh. um, but still, like I said, LA was hard because all I did was work and yeah. barely, barely get by. I yeah. mean, terribly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think made you seek God? Like aside from your brother's prayers, was it like, well, it wasn't my brother's prayers. Or? I mean, it was just a part of everything come mm. colliding together. I, I, like I said, it was conviction. So as I would you know, go out and party. Like I constantly felt convicted. So it was my own. Yeah. It was the own conviction of, um, knowing what I was doing was wrong. 
young and feeling that. And then um, just going to church more and, you know, seeking more and more. So um, yeah, I don't know. It was really great because I think you do, no matter how you're raised, I do think you have to find God on your own terms. And um, he's, you know, he shows you in different ways. He shows everyone in different ways. You just have to be willing to be open, you know, to seeing his grace and, and goodness, but yeah. Yeah. And then that led you to going on ABC's The Bachelor. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. And so I was, like I said, I was broke (laughs) and you don't get paid when you go on the show. So it was, so I prayed a while before deciding to go on because I couldn't afford to technically go on the show. Yeah. Um, Like, like I couldn't afford to miss work. Um, I wasn't going to be able to pay rent or pay my bills during that time and or pay them while I was on. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, so I don't know. I prayed about it and I felt, you know, like I said, if I felt like if the door opened, then it was God. And if it didn't, then that was fine. I, I would just keep, you know, seeking whatever he wanted. Um, so I was just, I was very faithful and very trusting. And I, um, I come from a family of very like, you know, we take the risk as if we know that God's behind it. Yeah. So I did. Um, and I was, I kept going further and further and I had to tell the producers like, Hey, like, I'm not going to be able to continue on because I like can't afford it. I have to pay my rent somehow. And so, um, luckily you forget that life is still happening while you guys are still. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how many people do it. They just must have, you know, whatever. (laughs) They must just have family help or something because I couldn't, I mean, especially if you're like living paycheck to paycheck, like, yeah, I couldn't afford it, but, um, I'm glad I took the risk. Okay. I also want to talk about, um, your bridal line. Were you in the bridal industry already when, before you went on the show in LA? Yeah. So I was working okay. at bridal. So I, I went to school at FIDM. It's a fashion Institute. Um, and I, I got my degree in fashion design and then I worked at a, I worked at, um, a plus size women's clothing company oh. in Anaheim for when I was living in Newport. And then when I was in LA, I, I worked at bridal salon. So I was helping brides find their dress. But always, yeah. But ever since I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to design. So it was always a dream of mine. And then as I went to college and um, was after, after going to school and stuff, I knew I wanted to do bridal. So I pursued that with, but it's really hard to break into design. So I just wanted to be around the dresses. So I worked at various like bridal salons and that's what I was doing in LA before I went on the show. And now you have your own bridal line, Desiree Heartstock, yeah. Heartstock, which Heartstock. is your name, right? Yes, Heartstock. Okay. No Heartstock, tea. no tea, which is beautiful, by the way. How did that opportunity come about? Thanks. Um, like I said, it was just a dream of mine. So I, I eventually just pursued it. <laughs> um, I was able to have a, work with a few different companies um, after the show. And I um, was able to design a capsule collection before my wedding. So that was a lot of fun. But Did you make your own wedding dress? Yeah. So I was able Gosh. to design my own wedding dress, which was really great. And it was, they were wonderful to work with. But um, yeah, I just always wanted to have my own line. And I think it took a lot of, um, honestly, praying against self-doubt 
um, mm. to be able to trust in myself and in my abilities and um, launch it, like finally take the step to launch it. Because I think a lot of artists, I mean, no matter what kind of artist you are, you, you know, there's just that little bit of, it's your baby, it's your artwork. And oh, for sure. you're afraid of like, you know, opinions or failure, um, just all that stuff. So yeah. I just had to pray against it. And I was able to launch it and now I feel awesome and I'm excited to continue doing it because that's like my lifelong goal is to just keep designing and dressing brides. That's amazing. Can you give us a picture of like what the company looks like now? Like, are you overseeing everything from design to like the business stuff to... Yeah, so I'm still, I am very much a small business. It is technically just me um, right now. Like I'm doing all the design and the business aspect, which ideally, eventually I know I'll get there where I can just design and be more of a creative um, director. But right now I have to do, you know, production, shipping, receiving and invoicing and all that stuff. Um, I do have a sales girl though, too, that helps me out who, who ironically is a really great friend that was also going through the, like, um, she was my church friend that we, oh, cool. yeah. So it almost feels like our lives are like parallel in many, many ways. So it's fun to have that type of friend also work for me. So we get to, you know, chat a lot, but, yeah. but yeah, very small business. And I'm, I'm just excited to keep growing and I don't know, just see it Beautiful. continue to expand. What keeps you inspired for dresses? I don't know. I mean, and it's funny, Chris asked me that a lot too, but, um, I, um, I just, I come up with a theme each season and I'm, I become inspired by that theme. Mm-hmm. And I try very much not to compare or look into what other people are doing because I don't want that to um, affect what I want to design. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how do you look at trends, but then also not accidentally yeah, copy know, or feel? Yeah, that's why it's hard. I try to stay in the know, but then I also try to stay away from it, which is hard because you do want dresses to be top sellers, but at the same time, I want to design for for with my own style aesthetic in mind. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you have to be, have a balance. Do you have a favorite dress? Well, right now in my new collection, I love, um, the dress cadence cadence. Okay. Yeah. It's really pretty and it seems to be, um, really popular right now, but it's not yet available. So it's exciting to see, it's going to be exciting to see brides walk down the aisle in it. Oh, I bet. bet That's super fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or that's great because I feel like for most of us, we only get one. Usually people only wear one wedding dress, sometimes two, whatever. Yeah. But it's fun that I bet you get to design all these and feel like you have no limit of only yeah. having one. Yeah. It's so fun too, just to see the different, I don't know, different personalities, different brides, different. I mean, yeah. Bridal is just so different. So, you know, important and significant. And I don't know. I think that's why I love it so much because it's not like buying a sweater, or designing a sweater. You're also like creating a life lasting moment for mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. What is a, um, what does day in the life look like for you right now? Cause you're running your business, have two <laughs> kids, squeezing this in, talk to talk with me. Yeah. How do you balance it all? We just moved. So right now I've just been working from home, but I recently got an office that I'll be moving everything to. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I just try to take it day to day. I don't try to force anything. Um, I've learned, I learned early on when I first had Asher, you, you can't really do both at the same time, like Mm -hmm. be a 
be a mother and work. Like you have to be intentional with each moment. Yeah. Um, otherwise it just creates chaos and you're, you know, you become overwhelmed. So, so yeah, I, we, you know, we get the help we need. We have sitters and Asher and does a nanny share and we'll be going to school. Um, so yeah, you know, you just make it work and I don't, if something doesn't get done, I just roll it over to the next day. So yeah. with yeah. you working from home too, do you still set like certain working hours versus home hours? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Especially with having to, you know, run a business. I, I have someone that helps hold Xander when I need to, you know, work, but I'm still here with him. How do you measure success in all these different areas? Cause I think on the surface you could measure by like money or fame, or of course these things that I think pe- some people could be drawn to, mm-hmm. but I know like if faith is important, like we know we don't want to measure just on these things that could be so fleeting. Yeah. So what does that look Absolutely. like? I think it's very, I think that's actually really difficult to stay focused on. Um, like because of what you said, and especially because of social media and stuff, I feel like there's, um, there's a notion that if you have like the higher likes you have or the higher following that you're more successful, but that's not even the case by any means of the word. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for, for me personally, I, I, I strive to do what God wants me to do. And what do you, what does that mean? I don't know. Just, I, just being led. So like, mm-hmm. I always pray about what I should be doing. I mean, about if you have a decision to make, I always pray about it to feel yeah. discernment one way or the other. So that's what I mean by that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like, should I be doing this with my business? Should I be doing that with my business? Like, I will trust in whichever way that I feel God is leading me. Yeah. But um, so I would value success in how I'm, you know, what am I doing to help others too? Mm. Because I want to be able to sell and I want to be able to be successful in business. Um, but I want to make sure that it's also impacting, you know, in some way or another. And then with motherhood, I think every mother is successful, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to, you just got to trust that you're doing good, you know, like, if your kids are alive, then you are successful. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious to get your thoughts. Cause I know if we focus or aim in on that, then our confidence or just our, our purpose would always just be, I don't know, fleeting. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. Cause the, yeah, I feel like it's hard right now for what people see success as. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly think success in whatever it's, if you're benefiting, you know, other people. So if you have one follower and you are benefiting them or helping them in some way, then you're doing far more than someone who has a million followers, but no one's being benefited, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I think we need to start viewing following and numbers differently. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to work and motherhood too, like, how do you practice or give yourself grace, not like trying to be, like be the standard of yeah. like perfection. You know, I naturally have a very chill personality, so I don't stress very easily. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I know, but I, but you know what? 
I do feel as a mother, I do feel very blessed to have that personality mm-hmm. because I've seen, I've just seen so many people close to me that have a very difficult time. Um, just being hard because you start to be hard on yourself, I bet. expecting yourself to do so much more, be so much more, um, handle so many things at one time. And I, yeah, I think it's mainly just, I do give it up to a lot of my personality, but at the same time, I do give it up to being able to, um, just <laughs> give it to God and be like, help me, Lord. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I feel, you know, then I feel like, you know, I'm doing the best I can and the rest is up to him. So, yeah, that's cool. I do feel like that's a healthy, it's like you're a healthy level of like responsibility, but also not trying to control everything because we do have a God that will take care of it. If we, Yeah. And I honestly, that's how I live my life. Sometimes Chris is, Chris is more type A. <laughs> So he's more like, you know, but you gotta do this and this and this. And I'm like, nope, you just gotta give it to God. And <laughs> does that drive him crazy? I I think he's trying to get on the same page, actually. I think sometimes he would like more of a like analytical answer. Sure. Uh, but then other times I think we, we we ground each other in that way. But you know, it's a good balance because then he can also bring me back to like reality of no, like you know, that you actually need to do this for us to, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I definitely can be type A, but with, um, Eugene and I, when it comes to like house stuff or bills and that stuff, he's so much more. I'm going to yeah, start using that I think phrase. A, I think I'm just going to be thing. like, Eugene, you just got to give it to God. And be like, okay, somebody has to do this. So See, that's, that's the answer I usually get. Cause he'll be like, well then how, we got to be able to afford this. I'm like, no, nope. just give it to God. That's awesome. Well, that's how I don't, I just give up control. Um, because honestly, yeah, I, I, like I said before, I learned very quickly when I first had Asher, like I couldn't do it all because mm. I, was, I was getting overwhelmed because I was trying to work, but then also be, you know, take care of him, play with him. And I would try to do things at the same time or even trying to do it t- during nap time. Yeah. Um, was is technically what you're supposed to do you know like but it was hard because then if I'm in the middle of something and then he wakes up you get kind of like oh no yeah I learned to just be intentional with each moment and give up that need to like do all things at all times yeah okay and I know the grass is always greener but it feels like it'd be really nice like to work from home in the sense of having being closer to your kid but I'm sure it's also so much harder to get work done can you give us the real life of what it's like yes okay real life breaking down um no you need to go get a work your workspace work room work whatever like I mean I I see this with everyone I know that works from home um, with kids, you definitely have to set aside work time. So even like I, like what I'm doing now, like is even if I have someone being able to hold him while I can, you know, physically work, Mm because there's a lot of times if he's like sleeping, he can sleep on me and I can be on my computer. But if I have to do like other stuff, I need someone to be able to watch him. And um, so that's for right now, but no, I think it's really important to set aside your own time because also just for like mental space. Because if your kid is around, you're still going to constantly be, you know. Yeah, distracted or just like waiting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Distracted. Yeah. 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 No, that's helpful. 
it always just feels like it'd be the ideal scenario, but I know it never is. It's not because you don't get anything done at all. Not at all. Yeah. Especially, I mean, once they're older too, it's like, you know, they want to play. So it's helpful with allowing them to be able to, you know, either whatever, go to school, go to a sitter and be able to play and get that attention when um, I could focus on work. Yeah. And then, and then spend my time, you know, like being intentional with them when I am with them and being able to, you know, get down on the ground and play with them. Yeah. It's the best. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. My last question for you is um, what is your honeycomb this season? And I like to use the word honeycomb from um, scripture when it talks about like the word. So is there either a Bible verse that's really speaking to you this season or just one that you love? Um, I mean, there's a few that I like. I always love Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, but I, I feel like every time I come into this season of motherhood, I'm always drawn to Esther 414 because mm-hmm. of like, you know, your time is now. Um, and, and like we said before, it is also because I felt this a lot when I first had Asher. So I was a new mom and I think I was nervous about, you know, all of the things that come with being a new mom because I had never been around kids before (laughs) or babies before yeah um but it's crazy how much just motherly instinct we have it's really Really? cool oh it's so cool to experience that but um when I was anxious about all of that I would just turn to Esther and be you know you've come to it you know your time is now and Mm um like he created you know, I don't know. I just feel like no matter what season of life, mm-hmm. uh, we have to know that God is in it and there's a purpose and a reason for it. And whether that be now or you don't see it for a year later, like it's still, yeah, I don't know. You're yeah. still meant to be in this time and this, where, wherever you are right now. Yeah. I love that. Well, thanks again so much for chatting. And again, more for real talk behind the scenes. We were able to squeeze this in while you had the sitter for one more hour. Yes. Thank you so much. I know. Um, For people who want to find you on social media and or your wedding link, can you tell us what those are? Sure. On Instagram, you can find me at Desiree Siegfried. Um, But for my wedding stuff, you can find it at Desiree Hartsock and at DesireeHartsock.com. Cool. Okay, thanks, Desiree. Thank you so much for having me.